Shalom, brethren. We are coming to you again from the Reverence Church, Gong Road. We are grateful to the Lord that he has given us yet another day to come together. We are now in the month of June. Today is 7th of June. It is the first Sunday of the month, and we are very grateful to the Lord for allowing us to see this day. There is a reason why you and I are alive, and it is necessary for us when we come together the way we are, even at home, we join together with members of our family to celebrate the goodness of the Lord. And especially now that we have begun a new month, and this is our first Sunday of the month, and as you all know, those of, those of us that are members of the River and Church Gong Road, we celebrate the first Sunday of the month with the Lord's Supper, all communion. We come together, when we are able to come together, we come together, and as one body, we share the Lord's table. But since we cannot be able to come together because of COVID-19, we are at home, our, our separate homes. We encourage you to also uh, prepare the elements so that we can share the Holy Communion after the end of my message, we'll be breaking the blood together. We'll take that cup together. We will celebrate the Lord's death and resurrection as he commanded us to do it in remembrance of him. And he said we do it as often as we can and we need to do it uh, today and we are doing it at home. As a matter of fact, I would like to encourage you, and I've told you before, I know that um, Holy Communion or the Lord's Supper is taken as one of the sacraments in many denominations, and it is a ceremony that is very elaborate, which is okay. When we come together, it's good to make it elaborate because it's an important ceremony. But I would also like to encourage you, the Lord, you can share the Lord's uh, supper or the table, the Lord's table, even at home. And that's what we are doing today. And I'd like to encourage you, make it a habit to be sharing the Lord's table or breaking the bread together with the members of your family. If you can do it every day, it is not a crime. You will be obeying the scriptures. Do it in remembrance of me. It is not say do it when you come together. We can do it even when we are at home. And I would like to encourage you to, to make it a habit of sharing the Lord's table with the members of your family, whether in the morning or probably in the evening. For us, me and Florence, we do it every evening before we go to sleep. And it's such a joy when we break the blood and we are reminded that Jesus Christ died on our behalf. He is elected on our behalf and he is not dead anymore. He is in heaven interceding on our behalf. That gives us a lot of hope and encouragement that we are not alone and we, this journey we are on is not in vain. We have hope. We have hope. We anticipate that he, we will be able to, with him, to be with him one day. Today, I want us to again look at uh, this 
whole thing called the, the communion. Some of you will call it Eucharist, depending on where you've come from. Others will say it is the Lord's table. But whatever you, whatever you call it, it is in order, as long as we are talking of the same thing. Today, I want us to look at it uh, uh, and, and, and see seven aspects of the communion or of the Lord's Supper that speaks to us and where we can learn a couple of things or be instructed of what we are supposed to do or be reminded because this is not the first time you are hearing this probably. And uh, there are seven of them. Three of them uh, speak about relationship with Christ. The other three speak about relationship with the body of Christ. And then there is one that speaks about the relationship with the world. The first three that we are going to look at, the first one uh, is about proclamation. If you look, if you, if you go with me in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Luke chapter 11, we can lead from Yeah, let's read from verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of, of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup, is the, is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For when you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The first aspect I said is proclamation, all announcing, announcement. When you, whenever you take this bread, verse 26 says, and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We will proclaim whenever you will do it. What are we doing today? As we celebrate the Lord's table, when we never we take the bread and drink the cup, we are announcing to the world that Jesus Christ came from heaven, that Jesus Christ was crucified, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, that Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, and that Jesus Christ will come again. That is the proclamation that we are making. That is the announcement that we are making to the world. And Jesus commanded us to do it. When he was leaving the world, he told the disciples, you will receive power, and after you have received power, you will go to Judea, you will go to Jerusalem, and to Samaria, and to all the other parts of the world. What will you do? You will proclaim the gospel. You will proclaim the word of God. You will let people know that I am the Christ, and I came to deliver them or to redeem them. We know that one of 
the benefits that Christ brought when he died on the cross. He redeemed us. He paid the price. And we have been talking about this, that we who are sinners, we became the righteousness of God. We who are supposed to have been condemned, we became righteous before the eyes of God. And we can be able to access the holy of holies or the presence of God. Why? Because the sacrifice, the lamb that was sacrificed, that's the lamb of God. Jesus Christ was sacrificed for all our sins. What are we doing today? We are proclaiming that he is the Christ. He is the Lord and he is the Savior. And he is the, the reason we are alive today and that the world needs him. My brother, my sister, you are supposed to proclaim. You are supposed to make an announcement. Are you doing it? Do your neighbors know that you are, you are a Christian? Do they know who Jesus Christ is? Do they know what Jesus has done for you or what Jesus can do for them? It is your assignment. It is my assignment. It is my responsibility to proclaim that he is Jesus that he is not in the grave. Though he died, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is the reason we are living today. And it is through him that all things were made. We need to tell the world that they cannot do without Jesus. We need to let them know that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no other way to the Father except through Jesus Christ. I know that people have said that there are many ways to God. I want to discount that and say, no, it is not so. There is only one way to God, and that is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. If you have not gone through the, the His Son, Jesus, then you are not on the way to God. You have missed the way and I have come to tell you today to proclaim that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And everyone who is listening to me today know that Jesus is the way to the Father. Not any other way. Not religion. Not even Christianity. Not Pentecostalism. No, 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 no. Not your denomination. Not your apostle. Not your bishop. Some of us have trusted men so much that we rely on what they say. Yes, it is okay to be taught by men, but it is more important to learn it yourself and to be able to relate with him. Because if you know him, you'll be able to proclaim who he is. But if you, do, if you know him through me, you'll be saying the Jesus that Richard talks about, the Jesus that my pastor talks about, then you do not know him. You know about him, but you do not know him. But when you know him, you have the confidence to proclaim that he is the Lord and Savior of your life. It is important that you know that that is an aspect that you are supposed to know and also not just to know, to practice.
baptize, proclaim that he is the Lord, for that is the reason why he died on the cross. So it says again, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Brother and sister, proclaim the Lord Jesus until he comes again. Do not tire to tell the world that he is indeed the answer. The second aspect is remembrance. 11.25, 1 Corinthians 11.25 says this, In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Whenever you drink it, you are doing it in remembrance of me. The communion that we are going to take today is reminding us that Jesus Christ, as I said, came from the Father. He lived among people on earth. He was taken to the cross, accused of wrongs that he never committed. And we saw the other day that when they were given the opportunity for to them to decide who should be released, a criminal called Barabbas or Jesus, they shouted, Barabbas, give us Barabbas. And for Jesus, they said, crucify him. What does communion remind us? It is again reminding us that on the cross he paid the entire price. He came. He went to the cross on my behalf. He paid the price. Remembrance is looking backward. It is going back to the, to the origin. Where did it all begin? On the cross. Yes, Jesus offered himself. He gave his body. He shed his blood. He paid the entire price. Whenever we take this communion, we are remembering the aspect of remembrance. It is very important to keep remembering where you came from, lest you may forget. And that's why we are being reminded, because we are human beings. We are prone to forgetiveness. We will forget things. There are things that you cannot remember that happened to you. But if something is important, like someone going to the cross on your behalf, paying your full price, how can you forget? But many forget. Whenever we come to Jesus, we are excited about salvation. We are ready to die for him. We give him everything 
everything of ourselves. We tell him we love you, Jesus. There is nothing between me and you. We'll tell him you are the only one that I need. I remember those days when we were young and would give testimonies like this. Jesus is the only thing that I need. And the girls would say, I do not need anyone else. I don't even need a boyfriend. Jesus, you are my boyfriend. We are trying to say, Jesus, we value you. But with the time, as you progressed, a boyfriend came, you became married, or you married, you got a job. When you didn't have a job, you surrendered to Jesus. You spent time in prayer. You spent time reading the word of God. But after you got that job, you got that wife, you got that vehicle that you are crying for, you no longer remember that is a Jesus who has given you all this. Brethren, when we take the Holy Communion, we are being reminded that on the cross he paid the full price, and without him we would not be where we are. Let us not forget where we have come from. Let us not forget what he has done for us. Whenever you do this, do it in remembrance of me. The third aspect in relation to Christ, it is anticipation. And that we can see from the same texts, 11, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. What does it say again? For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Until he comes. What are we doing? We are in anticipation. He is coming again. We are looking forward to the future. We are saying we know that this is not our home. We are anticipating that he is coming again. What is he coming to do? He is coming to take us, the body, the ecclesia, to live with him days without end, where he will be our king, he will be our ruler, we shall reign with him days without end. We anticipate that Christ is coming again. And it is important that we keep remembering that he is coming again. When he left the disciples on Mount Olive, the word of God says that when he finished talking to them, he was caught up and taken to, the, to heaven. As they looked up intently, they saw him disappear into the cloud. And they continued to look up. And as they were looking up, two men dressed in white, and I believe they were angels, appeared. And these are the words they told him. The same way you have seen him, as said, he will come again. That is, we can lead that. 
in the book of Acts chapter 10. No, Acts chapter 1, verse 10. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. And they said, this man of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This same Jesus will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Yes, it is good for us to anticipate that he is coming again. This same Jesus who has been taken to heaven, he will come again the same way. In other words, we will see him coming in the sky. And the question that I need to ask you, my brother, my sister, how ready are you for his second coming? Jesus Christ can come any time. As I speak to you now, he can come in the next second. He can come tomorrow. He may come three days from now. He may even come even ten years. But the message is we need to stay in anticipation that he is coming again so that we can be ready. Let's not be like the, the, foolish, the five foolish virgins who did not have enough oil to take them waiting for the bridegroom. Please make sure you are ready. You are anticipating that Jesus Christ is coming again. That doesn't mean, the brethren, that we stop doing what we, we are supposed to be doing. No, that would be foolishness not to continue to work because Jesus is coming again. I know there has been cases, there has been... Uh, there has been um, uh, uh, people who have said he is coming and they have even given specific dates and Jesus never came in those, in those specified dates. I remember one of them was 1977, July 7, 1977. It was said that he is coming again and many people abandoned what they were doing. Those who are betrothed to be married, they said, was the point of getting married. He is coming again and I know even since that time there has been other events that Jesus is coming again. These are predictions that men make, but the error in this one thing, he never specified the day. He said uh, he is coming again, but they were never told this is the day that he will come. No, he only said he will come like a thief, yes. He will come when you may not be expecting him, but that's why we are told, let us stay in anticipation. Brethren, let us not forget that the same way he went up, he is coming again. How ready are you? I said, let's continue working, yes. Let's continue doing what we are supposed to do, yes. Because that is the wisest thing to do. In any case, even Jesus said, occupy till I come. In other words, Keep yourself busy until I come. But still keep yourself busy in anticipation that I'm coming again. How prepared are you? That is the third aspect of uh, um, in, in relationship to Christ. 
The fourth one, or the next three, they speak in relationship to Christ's body. And the first one, we'll find it in the book, in the same chapter of uh, 11, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the, from the cup. That word examine, in other fashion, says to discern. Everyone ought to, dis, to discern or to recognize. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Verse 29. Yeah, let's connect with verse 29. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. What are we supposed to do here? We are supposed to discern or to recognize, make recognition that what we are partaking of, it is not just a piece of bread. It is not just that cup of juice. We are making recognition that indeed this is the body of Christ because there is a possibility because you are used to seeing the bread and the cup. You may fail to discern or to see beyond the elements that what you are partaking of is actually the body of Christ and his blood. Why? Because he offered his body, he was crucified or sacrificed. That's how serious it is when we partake of the Holy Communion. We are recognizing that this is the body of Christ. It is not just bread. Yes, it is bread. But it is not just bread. We are supposed to see with our inner eyes, the spiritual eyes. And when you open your spiritual eyes, you do not see the bread. You see Christ giving his body. You see Christ shedding his blood. So that when you take that bread, you are actually recognizing Christ Jesus died on my behalf. It is true he died. It's not a myth. He actually died. He came in the body and he died physically. That's what that bread reminds us. We recognize that Christ died for us. 11.29. The second one, or rather now the fifth aspect, 
is participation. This we shall find in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 16. Let me read from verse 14. Therefore, my dear friends, free from idolatry, I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ. Participation and recognition, they seem to relate together. But I want us to see something from the book of John, and then we can try to understand what is Paul trying to say here when he talks about participation. In the book of John chapter 6, verse 53, Jesus said to them, Verily, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life. Please note that. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Wherever, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up the last Day For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Jesus was talking to the Jews. And when he told them that he is the blood of life, they disputed. They could not be able to comprehend because they were looking at him using their physical eyes. They had not recognized that he is the Messiah or he is God. So he tells them very plainly, if you reject me, if you refuse to eat my body, or if you refuse to participate in eating my flesh and drinking my blood, then you have no life in you. But whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, he has life. When we partake of the Holy Communion, we are participating. We are actually accepting that his, his body was broken, his blood was shed, 
and without him, there is no life. If we do not recognize the need to eat his body, to drink his blood, and we are not cannibals. We, are understand, we understand what we are doing. We are not talking of physically eating the flesh. What we are saying is that our inner eyes can be able to see the sacrifice. And we are ready to participate in what he tells us to do. Should he tell us to eat his flesh, we will eat. Should he tell us to drink his blood, we will drink. But in this case, he is telling us, I am the lamb that was sacrificed. I am the Passover lamb that was sacrificed. That your forefathers sacrificed and they ate. And because they obeyed, they participated. They were rescued from death. We need to keep reminding ourselves. It is necessary for us to keep participating. Breaking the blood together. Communing with Jesus Christ. Fellowshipping with him. By doing so, we are strengthening our faith here on earth. And we are opening our inner eyes to who we are in him or who we have become. Because when we participated, when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, and when we keep recognizing who he is in our lives, we are being changed and transformed to become like him. Praise the Lord. And one day, as we said, when he comes back, it will not be difficult for him to be able to identify us. It will not be hard for us to be able to know that he is the one coming. We cannot be deceived when we have been participating when we have been fellowshipping with him, when we have, we have broken his, his body and we have taken his blood, our lives have been changed. The sixth one. Verse 17 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Because there is one love, we who are many are one body. Please note this. There is one love. But we who are many are one body. For we all share the one love. We all share the one love. That is 
sharing or communion. That is the sixth aspect. When we partake of this, we are sharing as one body. We are reminding ourselves that we belong to one body. There is no division between us. You are a part of the body. You are not complete alone. You become complete when we join together. We are one body. Christ does not have two bodies. He only has one body. So it really doesn't matter which church you go to or where, which denomination you belong to. If you have subscribed to Christ, whenever we share the Holy Communion together, we are being reminded we are one body. And that is why you'll find every Christian denomination that subscribes to Jesus Christ, that believes he is the Son of God, they participate in the Lord's Supper. That is to remind us we are one body, but that one body needs to stay together need to commune together. That's why when we come together, we break the bread and we share from one bread, which is one body, the body of Christ. That's the sixth aspect. The final one, as we close, we say this one now relates to the world. And it is called, it is separation. Separation from what? From where? Lead with me. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. No, but the sacrifice of pagans are offered to demons. Please note that. Not to God. And I do not want you to be participants with demons. So he says what? 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. By doing so, he, he asked, are we not trying to arouse or to provoke the Lord's jealousy? Are we stronger than he? I said the last aspect is separation. It relates to the world. What is Paul trying to tell us here? He is reminding the Corinthians that the sacrifices that are made to idols, they are being sacrificed to demons. And you cannot partake of the Lord's table. You cannot drink the Lord's blood and at the same time be participating in demonic sacrifices, all activities. And this is very important for us to, to, to talk about today. Why do I say it is important? Because we have seen in our country an awakening of tribal uh, priests and they are governizing their people to go back into the old practices of sacrificing to their gods. Not that I have said to their gods, because they have different gods. 
The God of the Kikuyu is not the God of the Luas. The God of the Luas is not the God of the Karijin. The God of the Karijin is not the God of the Luyas. The God of the Luyas is not the God of the Kabas. The Mijikedas have their own gods. Now, if we all have different gods, then that tells me these are not, this is not God. And the Bible is very clear. You cannot participate in two sacrifices. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then you belong to him. When your tribesmen calls you to go and join them in sacrificing to idols, you need to separate yourself from them. And you need to let them know the reason why. Because the blood of Jesus is sufficient. We do not need any other blood to save us or to deliver us. I have seen several tribes going to sacrifice to their gods and, uh, into, and, and offering blood in, into whatever into their, in, in, in their shrines. Some go to the river, they pour blood into the rivers. What are they trying to do, I'm told? They are trying to pray or to fight the coronavirus or the locusts. I want to announce as a servant of the Lord, that is called idolatry. Any sacrifice that is being made, wherever there is blood, a goat is slaughtered, or whatever animal is slaughtered, that sacrifice is being made to their gods. Remember, to their gods or to their spirits. As a matter of fact, where I come from, the vernacular, I used to hear, or we are going to sacrifice to spirits. And in the Kikui word, goma is actually a devil. So indeed, if they are, they are doing it to appease the spirits so that the spirits do not come to disturb them. And many tribes do that to appease the spirits of their ancestors. If you are a child of God, I want to make this announcement to you today. You do not require any other sacrifice. Jesus Christ is enough. He paid the entire price, and the curtain was removed. You do not need any rephitical priests to sacrifice on your behalf. Today we are seeing people reviving those tribal priests. If Jesus removed the rephitical order of priesthood, and he became the chief priest, that applies to all human beings. So there cannot be any other sacrifice. So the seventh aspect, separate yourself from idol worship or idol sacrifices. Christ has already paid the full price. You do not need any other sacrifice. Period. Jesus has done it for us. And we need to celebrate and rejoice because he has done it for us. Before we pray the final prayer, we'd like to share the Lord's table. As I told you, this is the first Sunday of the month. And it is our tradition as the DCN 
to share the Lord's table together. And since you're at home, I trust you've been able to prepare the elements. If you have not done it, kindly, quickly prepare and prepare enough for yourself and for the members of your family. You can do it from a loaf. You don't have to take the whole loaf. Uh, I have a whole loaf here, but I'm not taking the whole of it. I'll just break. That's what is, that is what is called breaking the bread from the same body. So we take it from one body, signifying this is the body of Christ and we are sharing together. That's my piece of bread. And then you can use some juice or some ribena or grape, grape juice, whatever you, you have at home, you can use. Then we shall share together when I pray. For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father in heaven, I thank you for this piece of bread. This bread represents your body. You have commanded us to do this in remembrance of you. Today we are remembering that you paid the entire price when you died on the cross. And as we partake of this, Lord, we open our inner eyes to see you paying the full price for us. And we would like to fellowship with you, Lord, let your presence and your power come through to us, even as we partake of the same. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you drink, you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Again, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this cup that represents your blood. We are grateful that you are the lamb that was slain for us. As we partake of this, again, we are reflecting or looking backward to that day when you offered yourself in totality that we may be redeemed. And today, we are the redeemed of the Lord. As we partake of this, we are also confirming that we have been transformed. We are also proclaiming that you died on our behalf and we are also saying that you are coming again and we are waiting and ready for your second coming. We want to thank you and to bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Let's partake of the bread together. And the cup. Let's pray the final prayer now. If you have any need, you may be sick in your body. The, bra the blood of Jesus has power to do anything in your life. 
that body was broken for your healing. It doesn't matter what the doctors have said. They may have told you you have only three days or three months to live. But I stand here as a prophet of God, as a servant of the Lord, believing together with you that if you believe, you shall live and you shall not die. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we lift your name above all names. We thank you for Jesus who died on the cross on our behalf. He paid the entire price that we may be redeemed. Today we thank you that you have rem for reminding us that we have become your children through the blood of your son Jesus Christ. It is through the blood that we have been redeemed. It is through the bread or the body of Christ that was broken that we are healed. And today we pray for those who are sick today. It doesn't matter the disease. It may be a terminal, a terminal disease, but the Lord, you are our healer. We speak healing to their bodies. And Father, we receive it because it is your will for us to be in good health, everlasting redeemer, according to your word. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Master. We also pray for those that are in hospitals, members of our families, those that are affected by COVID-19. We ask that you heal them in Jesus' mighty and holy name. We pray and believe. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. We hope to see you soon. Amen. Wow, praise the Lord. I hope you have learned something from what the pastor taught us this morning. The seven aspects of Holy Communion. Every time you take the uh, Lord's Supper at home, wherever he has encouraged us to take this at home, every time we do this, may we remember what he has taught us this morning. Those seven aspects are important in your Christian walk. Amen. So this is a new month. I pray that in this month, the Lord will bless you in this month. The Lord will give you plenty. The Lord will be your encouragement. The Lord will give you peace. The Lord will keep you safe. The Lord will protect you from every scheme of the enemy. The Lord will be your strength and your encouragement. I pray that uh, as the new week begins and the new month continues, that the Lord will be the only hope that you will have. God bless you and take care of you. See you another time. Amen.